I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Gonokurnai Nation. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, especially those listening here today. Welcome to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone, a lifestyle podcast that focuses on the outside of our zones as well as the inside of our homes. I'm your host, Alyssa Sutherland, interior designer and entrepreneur. Come with me as I take you on a journey to build the life of your dreams. Hey guys, welcome back to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone. I have a very exciting and fun episode for you guys today. I'm interviewing a very special guest. Um, I just want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. I've got a bloody annoying cold at the moment, but I will not let that defeat me to not bring out a podcast episode for you guys. Plus, I was just too eager to get one recorded this week because I have some new mics that I really wanted to test out. So I thought, who better than to get to test it out with me than the mic-obsessed woman she is, my mother, Fran Japani, the Fran Jam, Fran Canran, the franchise. So let's bring it in. Welcome to the podcast, Mum. Hi, Liz, and thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. I'm looking forward to our chat today. Can't believe it's taken me 35 episodes to get you on the podcast. Me either. Well, I mean, I know you've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> But what took you so long? Just figuring it out along the way. Uh, anyway, you got you knew that it was going to take getting a bit more of a proper setup and having the equipment that we now have to get this done. So here we are, and we just thought we'd have a real chill in conversation with you guys because we just want to like later on, Mum and I want to bring out some more episodes with some deeper shit to share with you guys. But we just thought. You need to get to know this chick because she's pretty cool. She's my bestie, my mom. So I thought you guys need to meet her. But if you already know her, which I'm sure so many of you do, you know she's a bloody legend. And we just thought we'd get to know her on a deeper, finer, juicier level. And so that's what we're going to do today. Let's do what you're doing outside your comfort zone this week. I think probably going to a Pilates class. Oh yeah, true, we're doing that tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah, and it's just like, it's not something I've ever tried before. And you know, like I I go to the gym and I can run and I can stretch and exercise, but I'm still quite nervous about it. Yeah, so we're doing a reformer Pilates class, which I'm pretty sure I mentioned in last week's episode. Um, Tegan, my friend, is doing Pilates now. So I've been going to a couple classes now. Um, on the reformer and I said mum you need to come along because it is such a good like thing for stretching which like obviously you do go to the gym and everything but I think it'd be like a good conditioning sesh in comparison to the gym yeah I think so too so I think you'll enjoy it because I'm a very lazy warmer upper and cooler downer so I need to learn how to stretch yeah you're gonna love it and it's quite relaxing too because a lot of the exercises you're literally just laying down on the machine Ooh, that sounds good yeah so that's true that's what you're doing this week outside your comfort zone you're also doing another run this week but I mean that's probably not so much outside your comfort zone anymore 
No, because I'm doing it with my girlfriends that I, I normally run with at park runs. So I think it's, it's a fun run. So I'm just looking forward to it being fun and, and meeting a few other people and just uh, trying out the, the, new, the new track that I haven't done before. So I'm looking forward to that. And the weather's meant to be mint. We are keen. So now let's, like we've already jumped into it, but we're already talking about something that you're very passionate about at the moment and something that you've found only in recent years that you've really started to enjoy is going for runs, going to the gym and like let's throw back to when you remember when you came up with Fran's Happy Plan because I feel like that's what it evolved from. Yeah I called it my happiness plan Yeah, and I think I just needed to do some solitude and I needed to do it in a place that was like tranquil and peaceful and out in nature. And I found that around the lake in my local town. And, and then I found that listening to different music and that just motivated me to like walk more often. And I couldn't believe how I've, I'd meet the same people on the track. Mm each day or and and it's just like I felt like I had to keep going because they'd be looking for me it's like if I didn't go for a few days would they be thinking where's that jagged lady <laughs> True, that's I always, in your jagged era I always had my jagged yeah active wear on it's like where's the jagged lady I haven't seen her for a while so it kind of held me accountable so um my happiness plan just didn't include my walk it included you know um, playing my music a couple of times a week, walking the dog, um, you know, just things like that. So that was where I sort of started my self-development journey. And, you know, then things just happened from there. I think also, like, at the time you are probably going through a bit of, like, job changes and just, like, a lot of shifts were probably happening in your life, like, looking back at that time. Um, it had been... Um, around the time that I lost my brother and yeah. so I was sort of confronted with grief again mm. and I don't think that I'd grieved properly when my parents passed away like I just didn't process it I was a bit tough you know and I didn't allow myself to be um like grieve proper, properly mm. so sort of just got on with life um and this time I really um was more present with I'm like, it's a, you're allowed to grieve you're allowed to go through the processes you're allowed to feel you know feel the feels yeah. um so that was sort of the beginning of it I, I needed to heal from that and from my previous grief experiences and and that's why I kind of made a plan so that I had something to follow um and yeah that's what kind of that's what got me started and I, I definitely um, learned a lot at during that period um, about grief, about and, helping people, about being kind, and and, not, and you know you never know what's going on in someone's life. Absolutely, I don't think I realised that was a key factor, but now that you've said that, I remember that. And do this has just come back to me. Do you remember that? I remember you giving me because um, when this when Mum's brother passed away, I was living in Melbourne. And so mum and dad and Lockie had come up to Melbourne for the funeral. 
and like I remember like the night I was going, you guys were driving back home and I was staying up there, obviously. Yeah. And I remember like you giving me that gratitude journal, that I'm happy I'm here. Yeah. I remember you giving it to me at the cemetery. <laughs> and like too. it was the first thing I wrote in my journal. So like that can, that is like such a pinpoint moment for us now that you've said that. it's It's reminded me like we started journaling back then and... I was, yeah, remember that's probably my pivotal moment when I started learning more about self-development too and what and the power of gratitude and then listening to our podcasts. And so, yeah, that's a really big indicator of our self-development journey that we're on. Yeah, I and bought your, myself a journal at the, the same time. So. Yeah, we both started that one. Yeah. So there we go. Like that's how long we've been journaling for. Like that was 2018. Yes. Yeah. I have to be honest, I only half filled that journal. I don't think I ever finished it either. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to be, you know, take a more dedicated approach with your journal this time. Yeah, me too. And I think that's the power of it. Like, I've really pivoted now, but like the my journal is designed to be like on your journey whenever you feel like picking it up. Like if you didn't pick it up for weeks at a time, it wouldn't matter. But you've got it there for you to just do whenever you need it. Um, Because I've had a few people ask me that, like, is it like a diary or is it dated or whatever? But no, it's literally for your journey whenever you need it. Because I'm the same, like, even though I've just bought out a journal doesn't mean I'm a religious journaler every single day. It's just that thing I have in my toolbox, I like to say, when I need it and I can use it and it's there for me. And it's just like, it's as good as going for a walk or going for a run, like the endorphins you get out of that is how, for me, journaling feels once I've done a big dump. But, yeah. Anyway, so Mum created a happiness plan. We've already got deep in this episode and we weren't meant to. It's meant to be fun, not deep and meaningful. Classic us. We are just two deep-headed people. But that's what's so great about our relationship is we've always had a really close relationship and we can get really deep on things and have really honest vulnerable conversations even though sometimes we are both a bit too tough I feel like we can still have a deep chat but anyway mum created this happiness plan she got into walking and then that got into running and then she just got into this whole different like you really found a different like perspective on life yeah I think it was the beginning of it of a new pathway I think I'd come to a bit of a a fork in the road mm. um, and I knew that nothing would change unless I would make a change and I wasn't enjoy wasn't that I wasn't enjoying my work and I knew that I was good at my job and everything it's just that I knew I could do more and it's like when am I going to start yeah um, and it was you know hard leaving my clients behind and my workplace behind and my and saying goodbye to that life but you know, I didn't say goodbye to it just one day. I started a plan where I had to study first. Um, and it was more about unbecoming who I wasn't meant to be all along, even though they were stepping stones to who I am and becoming who I want to be and who I need to be and finding my purpose sort of just small steps at a time so you know it was like just a time to make a change 
um, changed in my personal life and a change in my career and that's where I got into something new. Started studying again and that led to more opportunities and I was ready to go and, and get them. And also I guess at this time you had adult children or I was obviously moved out of home and Lockie was probably nearly finished school. So you get to this point in as an adult where you've given so much of yourself up to your children, to your partner, to your family, like going through those things with your loss of your family, like especially throw back to when you lost your parents, you were very much the the person that had to just like conf- confront all that at like it was all on you kind of thing. Yeah, been been there. Been one of their main carers. Yeah. And so like you've you had a lot of sacrificial years and all of a sudden it was like I don't want to say no one needed you anymore, but you weren't as, you probably didn't feel like, oh, everyone's depending on me anymore. And then it was just like, maybe you got to this point where you're like, oh, actually I can just start to look after myself again and then focus on you. Yeah. And like, we've, I think you also said to me once, like, do you care if I do this? It's like, we want you to choose you first. And like that, I guess a lot of parents and mothers especially don't think that they're allowed to choose themselves first but if you want to pour into the people around you you've got to have a full cup so like you're such a not that you I ever thought you were you were nothing out like you were always such a good mother but like I feel like now you just I think our whole family dynamic has changed in the last few years because we've all had this shift in perception and like focus on ourselves and our own goals and we talk about them more whereas probably for a long time we wouldn't have talked about those things yeah I think as a family we're all proud of our achievements like yeah. what you've done in the last year you know what dad provides for the family Lockie doing his apprenticeship and how he loves to come home and talk about his days at work mm. um, and yeah me making you know career changes too and we're also proud of each other and lift each other up and I think it's just so cool I love still love sitting around the dinner table and all talking about what we're doing what we've been doing what we're going to do next and just supporting each other yeah we're very lucky to have yeah a a safe space that we've all allowed each other to to be whoever we want to be and that probably takes us into like when Mo and I were discussing what we're going to talk about we were going to talk about how mum and dad were very, like, had their hobbies growing up, the things that they loved, their passions or whatever, and they just sort of thought that Lockie and I would come along and just be like them and, and have the same passions and the same hobbies and the same skills. And so that's what they sort of implemented into our life. So, like, talk us about talk to us, mum, about how growing up you were horse obsessed and like such a sporty little tomboy and (laughs) all the things that you used to do as a kid that you thought I was going to be yeah I just thought well I'm going to buy my I had to wait till I was like 12 till I got my first horse I had to beg and beg and beg my parents and then so as soon as you could walk it was just like I'm getting my girl a pony I had a pony she's gonna have a pony (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, made the mistake of buying you a Shetland pony, though. And so, you know, bummer, 
bucked you off a few times and you know he didn't really fit in well with our family so that's where my childhood trauma is still unhealed <laughs> horses you just weren't going to be a horsey girl and I think you were allergic I think we <laughs> learned that pretty early on that you were allergic to horses so that was not going to work and you know I probably thought you were going to play the guitar and be musical and sing harmony with me and yeah we jam a bit together but I don't think you're going to hit the stage anytime soon. You just wow, don't have the same level of confidence. Oh, that's what it is, is it? Yeah, and um, I also thought, you know, you might be like keen to kick the footy or I be... I like kicking the footy with Octavia. <laughs> but like play girls footy and then I like, would have I'll been the coach crushed. and all that. So, you know, I just had to go with you being you and don't think for a minute I'm disappointed because I love who you are and what you have and this creative creative mind and body and soul that you have and in fact I think sometimes you're the mum and I'm the kid mm, and you give me definitely. more advice so no I don't want to wish that you were a mini me anytime yeah and so grateful that you are you um but I love that you're a piece of me yeah at the end of the day can't change that <laughs> no and like there's definitely elements that I have of you for sure it's just not I'm not gonna ever ride a horse again <laughs> <laughs> damn it even same with Lockie and like dad being really into motorbikes and all that stuff and and Lockie just like just couldn't ever get really that into it like definitely he tried did. it he definitely tried it and same with me we definitely gave it a go but just after time it wasn't something that we just lived and breathed we had to prompt you all the time to go out and do it's it like yeah do you want to go ride the horse do you want to go for a ride on the motorbike do you remember that time I rode the motorbike and it just absolutely flung off underneath me did you fall off yeah multiple uh, times. no I, I think I almost enjoyed the motorbike more than the, the horse anyway but now Lockie's become like, yeah, he's an electrician and he's so obsessed with what he does and he's so good at what he does. And like I talked about this way back, I don't even know what episode, when we did our kitchen renovation and how mum and dad were pretty much like surrendering to Lockie and I running that project. <laughs> Two of their children just like, here you go, here's X amount of money to just splash on a freaking kitchen renovation and just make it happen. No, it wasn't like that. But I remember, like, you just didn't quite have enough confidence in, in me knowing that this project was going to all just, like, go the way it went to, like, the way I organised the trades and everything. And then, like, Lockie doing all the electrical work and stuff and then, like, seeing the detail he put into his job when he had to do that in the kitchen and, like, even that dad was just, like, blown away at the way he did that and... And like it, the project came to fruition so smoothly and so perfectly, and then of course you would have just been like, "Why did I doubt my children for a second? I think it's just because being the mum, you always think that you're going to be the one that everyone's going to turn to and blame. Uh, and I didn't have enough. I didn't have enough information to to back well the project even so I, I thought... only sent mum and dad the floor plan <laughs> of the kitchen about 50 times so I just thought if this doesn't work out I'm gonna have to take the blame and yeah how big are my shoulders can I handle it 
um so I wanted to trust you but I was just like plan B is like not going to be um me taking the blame I hope no well that's not what happened it turned perfectly and I got the compliment I got the affirmation instead but yeah Lockie and I are very individualized people very very much sure of who we are as well so I think in one sense like as much as you wanted children that wanted to be like you and dad wanted to have kids that had similar interests we could have been more like forced into it I guess or adaptive to it but I think we're just both so strong-headed in who we are and like that's just a trait we both carry so it's like you couldn't even (laughs) try to really change our minds because we just are like that's just so out of alignment with me. I remember dad was so mortified when I suggested selling the motorbike yeah like I I surrendered to the horse years before that but um it was just like your son's not going to be into it like you might as well just sell it he's not even going to be disappointed so when the motorbike was being sold dad was more disappointed than Lockie so Mm. I just said to him you know he's going to be good at ball sports you know he's always got a ball in his hand like he's going to do he's going to be good at something yeah let let it go um so I think I had to just let dad get you know see that yeah lucky wasn't going to be a motorbike champion and i think dad was pretty good at riding mm. um was before i met him he was you know into his motorbikes and so he thought well i'm just going to be able to give lucky so much opportunity on if he wants to be a motorbike rider yeah but it was so clear that it was just not not going to be him so I talked him into selling it and yeah. I remember it being a very sore point for a long time yeah and I can sense that like how that would feel as a parent like I often think oh I really hope that I have children that like doing what I like doing too like could you imagine a child hating what you love to do like no it sounds so heartbreaking <laughs> so like that I feel sad that we couldn't be that for you guys but yeah I think that's the whole thing children come into our life to teach us things that we don't already know and I think that's something that Lockie and I, I guess both bring to our families like we teach you and dad things and we've changed the way you guys think about things and the guy like I don't know like it's so like I we do often joke like I am the mother and mum's the child but she isn't she is the youngest child also so <laughs> that's where that comes from but yeah it's just funny how you just have to have these people come into your life to teach you something that you didn't think you needed to be taught and I'm sure that my children will be the same I just want to um tell the audience about how your name came about yeah let's talk about that when so you're yeah before like you're even thought of um my sister had a friend her best friend at uni I think they met and her daughter's name was Alyssa but I knew it was spelled E-L-I-S-S-A I loved the sound of the name Alyssa it sounded so soft and pretty but um you know it was just one day I saw in a magazine a girl's name and it was Alyssa A-L-Y-S-S-A and her surname was Sutherland and it was just like, oh, my God, that's going to be my baby's name. When I have a girl, it's going to be Alyssa, that soft, pretty name, spelt with an A. 
and Sutherland sounds nice with it. And that Alyssa Sutherland in the magazine was a was a model. And I thought, well, I'm just going to model my daughter, my future daughter, my angel baby, into that girl. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like how you came about. Isn't that wild, guys? And like now, you know, we're obviously a lot more into our spirituality and I've talked on here about angel babies before and I know I've talked about that with a few people and how they send us signs, like try and communicate with us and I guess why a lot of us do come up with names of what we think our future children will be called but it's like actually them telling you that that's their name. Like now if you knew what you knew now spiritually and you saw, you opened the newspaper one day and saw that, you'd be like, that's the biggest fuck off sign, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have to ask for a signy a sign. So that was just me screaming at you. Like, that's, hi, mom, this is who I am. This is going to be my name. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Where did my middle name come from? Um, No idea. You just threw that in there. I think I wanted... You to have an initials that sounded cool, like AJ. Oh, yeah. So my little name's Jessica, for those that don't know. AJ. I think mum and dad really wanted me to be called AJ, and it just didn't really ever stick. I think, did I tell you guys one day I didn't like it or something? Dad says that. He didn't like me calling you AJ. Mm, just didn't. No one ever called you AJ, so. Yeah. Anyway. Just didn't hang around. Alyssa. Lucy, babe. Anyway, let's talk about like how you and Dad met, but also should we go, should we backtrack to your to your previous life? How far back? What you were doing at the age that I'm at right now. So Mum and I often t- like you know with a lot of stuff I'm doing. Sorry, just hold that thought. With a lot of stuff I'm doing right now, like I'm only 23, and the things I do are like I have to sometimes remind myself look what you've achieved by the time you're 23 and sometimes I think I'm 23 and I have nothing to show for it like it's just through an angel and a devil on my shoulder but then recently I said to mum for the age of 23 like what I am out here doing like compare that to you you were doing at 23 completely different timelines and like not saying that one's better than the other Mm. but this just like let's talk about when you were 23 what your life looked like and what was happening in your life, if you feel like sharing that story. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, I can't change it. No. Um, And it's made me who I am today. So when I was 23, I just um, left a partner who I was engaged to and only a few months off marrying. So um, I sort of had holidays booked. I guess that was going to be the honeymoon period. And so I still went on that holiday, but um, it became, instead of a honeymoon, it became a my first Contiki tour for under 25s. Yeah. Um, so I did my Darwin to Alice Contiki, 14 days out in the outback. Um, and that's where I think I got my travel bug. And the following year I did um, another Contiki tour. I was definitely in my single era and the following year I went overseas for six months and did a Camp America and travelled for, so that was for three months in New York State 
on a farm that had horses. <laughs> there was this horses outside. <laughs> this is a horse farm. <laughs> it's going to be horses outside. <laughs> and then, yeah, like went and visited friends that I'd met on my Kentucky tours. So I had a friend in Canada, a friend in America, a friend in London. So I hooked up with all of them when I was like doing that three months travel around um, England, Ireland and, and um, where else did I go? Scotland. And so Rome, and so Rome I did. She lived um, her Euro summer life. And I wasn't thinking about boys or marriages at all by then. I was just like a free spirit um, and, yeah, working in the bank. And when I came back um, from that holiday in America um, that I should tell your audience that I had been offered by Stuart, my husband now, to um, store my stuff at his house that he'd just built in Stratford. And um, so Wait, the only like, way... pause for a second. How, you, so you met Dad just before you went away? Yes. So just... talk about how you met Dad first. Yeah, so when I first split up from my previous um, relationship, I had to find somewhere to live, somewhere for my horses to be adjusted. And the local real estate agent suggested uh, the Sutherland Ranch out in Stratford, out the back of Stratford. And I was living, um, moving into the bank house at the NAB in Stratford. She was and, in her bank era. Well, and truly. And so... Um, I moved my horses out onto the Sutherland Ranch and it did take a few months, but eventually, uh, you know, I met mum and dad and then like your, your grandmother and father and then your uncle, Matt, and then finally I met the man of the moment, Drew Bowles, entered the chat. Yeah, then I met Stu and um, he'd just been building a house down in the town and just prior to me going away, he offered for me to put my stuff in storage in his shed. And so when I came back from America and beyond, um, sort of, you know, went to get my stuff back and I said, oh, you know what, um, I've just been offered a job in Stratford, back at the bank in Stratford, um, and I'm looking for somewhere to live and put my stuff and... I think can I stay with you? My stuff just said my stuff just stayed at his house and he just acquired it and eventually he acquired me. It no. just all worked out. I, I did like him before I went away. I liked him and I thought if he's still single and I come back, I could like him some more. Yeah. And so when I got back I did find out that I had a position at the Stratford branch at the NAB. So in comparison to what you were doing at the age of 23 to 25 I was still just a wee baby really trying to find her feet um I'm glad I had those those years of being single um I think I learned a lot about myself and just that's where I learned to just be able to walk up to anybody like I'd go out on my own, walk up to anybody and start a conversation. Mm. Um, and that's something that 
I'm very good at, yeah. as you know, um, you is starting combo, um, just getting to know someone else. So, yeah, um, that what what's, makes me so proud of you is that I couldn't have done what, what you're doing now but at that age. Simultaneously, I couldn't have done what you did at that age. Like, to have been... It's weird to think about being in a relationship that I've been almost married because that's just so far from my reality, but then to have then, like, left an almost marriage to then travel America and Europe all by yourself and then, yeah, come back, like, have the man of your dreams waiting for you and then have a job lined up, like, everything just fucking worked out for you. Mm. And I'm also so grateful that my parents let me go, like... It must have been a bit scary for them, just letting me go out into the big wide world. Yeah. Because they, they weren't very travelled themselves. I don't think they'd been out of the country. Mm. I think Dad always used to say that overseas was going to Raymond Island. Yeah. So, you know, um, they I remember them seeing me off at the airport and my dad actually crying. Really? So I think it was a big thing. Yeah. Because I'd, <laughs> I'd never seen my dad cry. Yeah, wow. So um, I'm glad they let me go. Um, and um, I think that's why Dad and I don't stop you kids from doing anything you want to do because mm. that was my parents raised us to do our thing. They did encourage us to, you know, as soon as we finish school, go and get a job. You know, I think, you know, I think there's a job going at the National Bank. I think you should apply for it. But I think that was, you know, you can't just, like, finish school and do nothing. And... Um, I'm I'm grateful that they, you know, made me go and get a job and I always said and I still say I joined the bank until I decided what I wanted to be. Um and I just I think I met the right people and and um I can't believe how much my bank clients come back into my life, like circulate circulate back through yeah. in my life. Um on the daily and I love that you know sometimes someone at my new job gets out their national bank checkbook and I just like feel it (laughs) like I just have to take it into my hands and just like look through their check butts it's just like such a weird thing but I just like I know what I know what this all means and where they where all these checks have gone and how they end up on the bank statement you can take the girl out of the bank but you take can't take the bank out of the girl yeah Exactly. So, um, you know. I feel like we'll do another episode one day about mum's work life journey because it's a whole another topic in itself, I feel. But yeah, that definitely was a big part of your identity and has led you to make so many connections. And like you say, it's like magnetic connections, aligned people. And mum is a big connection person. Like she always has to, I think a lot of people in our family. Especially just like, oh, so they must be related to this person or that person. It's just like they've always got to make a fucking connection to people. And it's like it is funny, though, because like as I get older, I start to do that, too. And it's like, oh, I know them from my job and my other job. And, you know, if I didn't work at that workplace, I wouldn't have met this person or that person, how they're all related. So it's like it's funny how your career does shape like a big part of your your world in connectivity not just like in your knowledge and what you do and 
things like that. It's like, it's how you really meet so many people that you would not have physically ever met before without working a job like that. Like your first ever big job, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to totally segue off to a totally different conversation now because we were just thinking about how the relationship I and I have it's always been a really safe space. And I said this at the start of the episode, how we can have really deep, vulnerable conversations with each other. And that started from a really young age. Our whole family is like this. We are very open with each other. And I even said to mum the other day, like, how did you create a safe space for me to feel like I could just come and tell you whatever I need to tell you? And like, in segue to that, like, I can't lie either, so if I did something wrong, I always would fess up about it. But still, like, there's a lot of things that a lot of teenage girls probably wouldn't have told their mums or, like, what I would have told you. Remember, all my friends always used to know that I told you stuff and they used to think, you tell your mum so much. But it's like, what you would say is... Yeah, I'd wonder why that your friends... I'd say your friends telling their mum this stuff, like pretty important that that stuff and they should be telling their mum and you go no and I'd say don't worry I'm not going to tell them either but um that's a shame that they can't talk to their mum about it because that would just like fix everything so much quicker Mm. and if anything like that is ever happening with you or to you I want you to know that you can come and talk to me I'm never going to judge you I'm just going to support you and I just want us to have an open relationship like it's we've all been through it I've been a I've been a teenager you know and, and do you so, feel like you could tell your mum a lot of things no I don't feel like I had that safe space because you would have been judged or mm. not just not supported or been told just to toughen up or it would have just been weird yeah. to talk to my mum about that stuff would you have talked to your sisters about it more maybe yeah um, there was a bit of a you know, age difference. Yeah. There was things I could tell them, but I'd also be scared if I didn't want mum to know, I wouldn't tell my sisters because they would dump yeah. on me. Um, so I think I, I think I confided in friends. Yeah. First and foremost, yeah. And I wanted, I, so I think that's why I wanted you and I to be able to always be able to be on the same level when you come to me with anything yeah because I I knew that you were going to get times it in your life where it's going to be really hard and I wanted to teach you the importance of having grit you're going to have so much disappointment in your life and it's not going to be the end of the world and I wanted you to prepare for that and be just resilient and and you know say oh that girl said that because you know you don't know what's going on in her life you don't know what's going on in her home life and for her to be like that to you at school or her behaviours are, you know, probably from this, that and the other and and so, you know, you've got a supportive home life and so you've got to be the bigger person sometimes. And I'm sorry if that was hard for you to hear but I think it's made us always be able to be vulnerable with one another and open with one another and have fun with one another and also I think the best thing is we can from that we've been able to catch each other out if we're ever doing something out of alignment 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. If you oh, don't know. Yeah. So I, it's just like. I love how you don't mind calling me out, even in front of the person that I'm like being, you know, verbal diarrhea onto. It's just like, Mum, stop. You just told that story three times in a row. Stop now. So, you know, I appreciate it too. It goes both ways. Yeah. That's what, you know, we're, we're big communicators, aren't we? Yeah, communication that is a golden really rule. That's probably, that's probably the best, the biggest thing is communication is a huge core value for me. But I think about this a lot because then sometimes I think I'm really good at communicating when I want to be really good at communicating. And it really triggers me when people I want to be good at communicating don't. And so I think it's come back down to, which I'm like literally realizing right now, is safe it connects to safety for me like if I don't feel like someone's communicating to me I feel like they're lying to me because they're withholding information or they're delaying telling me something and my biggest pet peeve and I've even had to tell you this is I'm gonna get over something if you just fucking tell me it I'll get over it yeah I'm more disappointed when people lie to me or string it out string it out it's just like I'm offended you don't think I can handle the truth. Yeah. And it comes back into like nowadays with work when people can't say, sorry, I'm going ahead with somebody else to do my branding design. It's just like, I'm not going to fucking cry about it. Like, tell me so I can move on and do the next person who does want me to do it. So I think that that's why communication is so big to me because I get more anxious and annoyed and feel that lack of safety and maybe it's like an attachment style I have, like an anxious or what's the one that avoid? Uh, no, what's the one that people like? You think people are going to abandon you? Mm, abandonment. But like, you've never abandoned me, so I don't have like childhood abandonment issues. But I think that's my communication thing. It's just like it's like why are they ghosting me? So you you think were you think bad thoughts not? that they've got something going on in their life or they're busy and they just haven't got back to me, you think, oh, they're just scared to tell me that hard truth because yeah. you won't be able to hear it, you won't be able to deal with it. And yeah. so it's just like you can deal with hard truths. Yeah. You've dealt with so many. Off. Yeah. I am one tough bitch who needs to learn to cry more. Too tough, I think. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I've made you too tough. No, I don't think you have. Oh, like maybe in the past, like sometimes it's just like, don't cry about it, Alyssa. Dad probably says that too. But, yeah. But again, like Dad probably, like he never had a sister. So he's, you know, never really experienced like a feminine other than grandma. Like, you know. That's true, yeah. Seeing a teenage daughter going through emotional hiccups in life Mm. don't cry about it because like to men things aren't as deep as they are to us and like even the the other night when I cried and two days later got my period and you were just like well you know you didn't even know what you were crying about the other night which is like true but it's okay to cry for no reason and it's okay if there's reasons that you're just still figuring out why you're crying about things but at the end of the day, crying doesn't make you not tough. If anything, it probably makes you more tough and being more vulnerable and having open communication. And then, like, that helps you, like, heal through things quicker and, and 
you've got to go through the war. What's that? What that quote was the other day. Like um, you have to like become a different person sometimes through life, and like you can probably look at different people that you know who have gone through different things in their life, who just seem to just transform into lots of different people. But like you see them go through lots of different errors. Like a great example is you all know someone who like would be that person that's like when something happens in their life, they let it really deeply affect them. But from that, they're able to then evolve and up level. Like they can consistently. It's a catalyst for them. Yeah. To change. And I think I'm going to do it now. We're both like that too. Cause it's like, when we go through something really tough and it really knocks us down, it's like, okay, well, how can I take steps from this to become a better version of myself? How can I learn from this? Like build more resistance and more resilience and having that deep-rooted grit to just keep evolving. Like tough shit happens to people who can handle it, doesn't it? You've always said that, yeah. I feel. Like the, the people... Things like that happen to them because they can handle it. And when the life deals you a hard set of cards. And I often think, like, sometimes I probably sound dramatic because really I don't look at my life and think anything really that bad has ever happened. But, no. like, you know, I've lived a very privileged life. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like I've had little, a lot of little challenges yeah, you've, yeah, yeah. You've had some decent obstacles to yeah. overcome. Yeah, but um, I think I'm, I'm, I introduced you to like wine at an early age, and <laughs> we're getting on a bit of a weird tangent, so we should probably start to wrap up the episode. But should we finish with like a little fun? Like, what's your what's your mantra? Your go to mantra at the moment? Miracles are manifesting for me. Can't copy my. <laughs> did you like that one though? Yeah, you said that it had to be that this week. Oh, did I say that in the episode last yeah. week? Yeah. Oh. Did everyone write that down in their journal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Oh, what was it last week? What was mine last week? Do you remember? No, I don't read your journal. Did you read my <laughs> journal the other day? No, not really. I was just checking that you like had started. I think you to... read it. I no, didn't stick just... onto it till we later on. I was just checking that you were onto it. You read my what I was my goal was for the week. That's all. Um, my mantra. Ah, oh, I know what day. it was. If you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. Oh yeah, I loved that one. Yeah, and you're very, very much a dedication to that because I knew I had to like flick a switch um at work that week last it was only last week I just knew I had to show up as my the highest version of myself because everyone was just flatlining a bit yeah and you know I just I just knew that through my music I could just lift everybody back up and so I just had to like flick that switch and show up as my Higher self, yeah. best self, and, and, did, and did you feel the energy like uh, feed I felt off the that? energy in the room? Yeah, yeah. And I had we hadn't like the girl that I sing with and Javier, we hadn't done it for a while, and so it was just like we just every like intro to the song and every ending to the song was perfect, 
um, we'd flung together before. So, I mean, it's time that we got those bits right. And But only only us know that. So yeah. we were thriving on our intros and endings. Yeah. Just like looking at each other going, oh, yeah, we nailed that. And the audience would just be oblivious. So we're, we're just having such a good time doing what we love. Yeah. And just, you know, simultaneously bringing joy to everyone else in the room. There is nothing more, like, magnetic and, like, fiery feeling than, like, seeing someone do something that they really love, something that they're really good at and, like, that is they're so passionate about. So, like, that energy just, it just, like absolutely beams off you mm. so to have you and her be like literally vibing off each other like the whole energy in the room would have just been like feeling that completely yeah but back to your quote that reminds me i was re- i re-watched monte carlo for the one billionth time the other day yeah right and the quote in that is she always says is you must be the change you wish to see in the world which is a Gandhi quote which is similar to, like similar to yours, but it's so one. true. Like you have to, like you can't just expect change to happen in your life. If you want your life to change, you have to be the change. You have to take the steps. You have to figure out what needs to change to start with, and what feels out of alignment in your life. And at any point, at any age, and Mum, you're the perfect example of that. You can make that decision to choose yourself and to to make a change in your life. And I know, I know that. I did just wait a bit too long to, you know, get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, I feel like with all my different jobs and that recently, that I know that it's, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to stick to, you don't, if you're a nurse, you don't have to be a nurse all your life. If you're a teacher, you don't have to be a teacher all your life. Yeah. You just feel and move to what feels in alignment and you go and do that, and you do it to the best of your ability. You keep on flowing with the universe, because we go through lots of ebbs and flows in life, but no matter what, everything works out the way it meant, is meant to in the end, doesn't it? Sure does. Anyway, that's our little chat. We're currently sitting in the dark now, so we better wrap it up here, and we'll be back. I'm sure we'll bring Fraser Patty back, but... You can go and follow her on her multiple Instagrams <laughs> at friendpanny 68 or at the Fran Jam, which is all about her music page, or fran.can.ran, which is all about her running. So you can see how she went with her run on the weekend. And is there any other Instagram pages that you have? Or no, is that all of them? I think that's enough. That's enough. I'm, I'm happy with my current followers. Thanks to everybody that gives me support and <laughs> loves what I do.